Good morning, everyone. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, David Gorski, who is the broker owner of Sutton Group Summit Real Estate here in Mississauga. Welcome, David. Nice to have you on board today. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be here. That's a little <laughs> bit of a tongue twister even for me. <laughs> well, we've been uh, talking about doing this for a long time, so I'm glad we were able to put it together this morning. Absolutely. And it's good to be here. I, I've been following your podcast. I know you've been doing this for uh, a long time, and it's a great source of information for everybody out there in the marketplace. So thank you for having me as your guest. I'm happy to be here and spend the next hour with you guys and uh, talk about the real estate market. No problem. And today we haven't really set too much of an agenda. You and I have known each other for a number of years. And uh, I thought we would just maybe talk about general topics of interest, where the market's headed. I know a lot of people ask me, what is going on with the real estate market? Uh, you know, for the last year and a half since COVID hit, basically all bets have been off. Nobody knows uh, whether it's going up or down. I mean, we can watch, we watch it on a daily basis. But a lot of the members of the public just, they're, they're not sure what to do. Should I buy? Should I sell? Is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? So hopefully we can read the tea leaves a little bit for them today, give them some ideas about the best course of action. So um, do you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself? I mean, I know you, but they don't. So uh, could you just go over a little bit? I know you've been in real estate for quite a while, and I know you own the company, but tell, tell the folks a little bit about who you are. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for the introduction. So uh, I, I'm, my name is David Gorski. I am the broker owner of Sutton Summit Realty and uh, um, extremely humbled to, to be able to lead and uh, uh, to own Sutton Summit Realty. We have almost 200 realtors, extremely productive office. Uh, we've been around for 35 years, have a great reputation in the marketplace, and we're known for our excellence. And we're also known for our culture inside the brokerage, which is quite unique in a commission-structured environment where um, everybody really helps each other and works together to further um, our mission, which is basically to build wealth by encouraging people to become homeowners. And that's something that we've been doing for the last 35 years and we really pride ourselves on. And we've helped thousands and thousands of people build acquiring real estate. And it's something that we're very passionate about. So uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to lead and to be able to um, know really continue what my predecessors have done and 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 the company that they've built well i could only imagine the amount of pressure you must be under having 200 realtors working for you that in itself is not just a full-time job that's like a triple full-time job having that many agents and plus a big support staff too and i will say um, not to butter you up or anything but it, it's a pleasure working at sutton group summit it really is uh, you, uh, you know that I've worked at a couple of other major companies in my career, my long and storied career, and I'm very happy at Sutton. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great uh, place for people to uh, grow. Um, there's other companies out there that have good branding too, but a lot of them just sort of throw you out to the wolves. And uh, whereas Sutton, I think I, I sense it, and I think most of the agents I talk to uh, sense that, uh, that you guys care and you want people to be successful in an in a industry that's not as easy as people think it is. Uh, I talked to a, lo a lot of rookie agents. They think the streets are paved with gold. They're just going to go out there and make a million dollars. And it's not that easy. It really isn't. Well, you know, as realtors, we take a lot of baggage, right? For our clients. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we really go the extra mile. And, and we are in the service industry, right? We're here to make our clients' lives 
better every step of the way. And that's right. Um, you know, we take that very seriously. And just like your clients have to lean on you for support, our realtors lean on the brokerage for support. And it's those relationships that we've cultivated over, you know, a substantial amount of time. Like, you know, every day we get to celebrate huge milestones with our realtors, with our realtors. We have realtors that have been with us for over 30 years, for That's over amazing. 27 years, for 25 years, right? Oh, and I'm we, just a rookie. What can I say with my 15 years? But how many other brokerages out there, um, you know, can't even say that they have realtors past the five-year mark, right? True. They're only five years in business, right? So that is um, true. we use the sum of our experience to really give our realtors and their clients uh, an advantage in the marketplace, a competitive advantage, right? So yeah. um, it, it's it's a fortunate position to be in. Um, and, and we take it very, very seriously and starts from the top. And, and we're building a very dynamic and inclusive culture where everybody just kind of works together as one team to have our clients' best interests at heart. And that's really what gives us our competitive advantage in the marketplace. It's a very unique position that we hold. We, we really are a boutique brokerage. You have a very small feel, but we're hyper productive brokerage. I can't stress that enough how much volume we do. You know, we have some amazing realtors. Absolutely. We're hiring some amazing realtors. And, and what happens is, you know, they really get included in the culture and we use their experiences and the relative experiences that they've had in previous industries before they've joined real estate to really help build um, you know, that culture and, and, and that high performance stamina, not only for them, but for all our other realtors are part of Sutton Summit as well. Um, I know that it's a big office and I know that our numbers uh, have been pretty good through the COVID crisis. I don't think, did we uh, experience a drop in production or overall has it been pretty steady? No, we, I mean, we're hiring a lot of realtors. I think we hired over 40 realtors in the last uh, 18 months. Mm -hmm. um, so our numbers have been increasing dr uh, dramatically. I think we're up 40% in our volume uh, yes. over the last 18 months. So that's that's been, incredible. During yeah, COVID, that's incredible. So, so tell me a little bit about COVID. I know um, when it first hit a year and a half ago, uh, I did a video on YouTube um, where I thought I said I thought the market was going to slow down and could crash. I actually said that on video publicly. And I, of course, was completely wrong, completely off, because last year, I believe after uh, there was about six weeks where it did slow down, but then it picked up and the market ended last year. I believe the prices were actually up 15 percent year over year. So COVID, although it's a major it's a global pandemic, um, there's like a disconnect between buyers and sellers um, where it's like, well, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, let's go buy a condo, um, which I still haven't quite figured out. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, here we are now after about, I don't know what it is, about 18 months of COVID. Um, we, we're, we came out of lockdown, everything's open again, the restaurants, uh, you can go and sit down either outdoors or inside, the gyms are open, the stores are open. But there's a lot of stuff on the horizon where I'm, I'm kind of nervous when I check the news in the morning to see you know, numbers are spiking in the United States. Uh, I mean, Florida on one day last week, they had 20,000 new cases of COVID in one day, just in Florida. And it seems to be spiking in Europe and spiking in Japan and Australia. So what are your thoughts? Do you think we can escape this? Or do you think we're going to be faced with a potential lockdown again going forward this fall? 
Well, I mean, let me break your question down into, you know, some, sorry uh, to throw you a hot potato like that, but <laughs> everybody's asking, nobody seems to know. You know what? It's a great question, but I think you really have to look at the fundamentals of, of really what's happening out there. Right. And I mean, why did, uh, why did most people move to Canada? You know, why did most people immigrate to Canada? And, and my argument is that most people and, and, you know, whether you came down here or your family or your grandparents came down here, they came right. down here looking for a better life. Right? Yes. And yes. if you take a look at, and really break that down, you know, it's a risk to come down and, and get uprooted from where you grew up, from where your ancestors grew up, from the language that you know, from the culture that you know to get uprooted from that and to immigrate over, cross a big ocean, come into the unknown, to give you and your family and your kids a better future. Uh, more That's so true. Does that take guts or what, to get on an airplane and, we, and go somewhere where you might not even speak English? And yeah. here you are. I think that's one of the most gutsy and risky moves that there is in the world. You know, I, like, I look at myself, right. And, and I look at the life I've built for myself here. And, you know, I came to Canada when I was seven years old. I actually remember immigrating here and, and that whole process. And I, I, remember I did not know that. School. I remember I cried in my first day at school because I didn't speak English. I didn't understand what the teachers were saying to me. Oh but, God. you know, my parents came here to give me a better life. Right. And I look at my life today and, what would it take for me to move to California or to move to Mexico or to move to Spain or to move to another part of the world? That yeah. would be a very tough decision and it would require a certain personality trait and, and a certain bravery, uh, yeah. ideology and bravery to yeah. commit to, you know, going through that process to build a new life. But this is what all of us have done here. Every single person that's in Canada right now has gone through that thought process or their family has gone through that process and they came here for a better life, right? And when you look at things like clean air, clean water, free health care, right? Quality, uh, right? Political stability. Yes. Um, the ability to build wealth and to buy real estate and be landowners. Like there's certain parts of the world where no matter what you do, no matter how much money you have, you can't become a landowner, right? That's true. If you're not, you know, born in, in certain parts of the country, right? So when you look at all those fundamentals, Randy, I think there's an ironclad argument that can be made that there's no better place in the world to raise your children, to live, to enjoy clean water, clean air, health care. And I think we're seeing this on a massive scale where people from all over the world are coming into Canada and yeah. I give our immigration policy a lot of credit it, it's whoever invented our immigration policy is absolutely brilliant because it's not first come first serve like it is in the United States it's a point system right ideology right. which means that you know if you have money if you're a professional if you're a dentist if you're an engineer those people get priority right so the people that are coming into Canada are coming to Canada you know, extremely well-educated. They are. Money. They're landowners. You know, this is the cream of the crop that we're accepting to our borders. It's not, you know, the first come, first serve uh, system that the United States has, right? So these people on day one are are asking, hey, what franchise can I buy? Where where do I buy real estate? These are the two questions that they're asking on day one when they immigrate into Canada. And this is what's fueling our real estate market, right? And this is happening on a massive scale, throughout the whole world.
right? And, I and, agree with you, 100%. And, and I am pro-immigration, by the way. My grandparents came over in the early 1900s from Europe. And uh, you talk to people, but Canada's a big country. It's a huge country. It's mostly empty. And immigrants have done everything here. I mean, my grandparents were immigrants. Uh, I didn't realize you were born overseas. I didn't know that. I thought you were born here. But it, it, where would Canada be without immigrants? And uh, I know the current government has set some really, really high numbers for immigration. I, I think I read somewhere that uh, Trudeau had said they're going to allow in about 400,000 people per year. He doubled the numbers. Yeah. And, and we know from past experience that roughly half of those 400,000 are going to settle in the GTA. Roughly half come to the GTA of all immigrants. And so that's got to be a huge pressure uh, for housing. I mean, that, that's something they don't talk about. But when you're letting in 200,000 people a year into the GTA, they got to live somewhere. And I think that's got to be part of it. Uh, just anecdotally speaking, uh, a friend of mine uh, came, uh, called me last week. Uh, he's originally from the Middle East. And he asked me if I could help out. He's got his friend was just admitted to Canada. He, he and his wife were just admitted to Canada. They're brand new immigrants. And could I help them out with a rental? Uh, that's something I couldn't do. But I thought it was interesting because we, we just assume that because of COVID, the immigration taps have been turned off, but they've not been turned off completely. Or maybe they're reopening them right now because these people are just off the airplane uh, from the Middle East. And so they're coming. The government's trying to solve a different issue, and that is basically the issue of taxation, right? Because yeah. uh, the amount of money that the government spent on on all these COVID initiatives and to help people and and serve and wage subsidy and rent subsidy, and I mean the list goes on and on. They spent billions and billions and billions of dollars, and yeah. you know that money has to be recouped and it has to be recouped from that population base, right? So yeah. you take four yeah. billion dollars and you divide by thirty. Six million, and 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 you know that's the amount of money that each person needs to pay back in order for the government to, um, right. you know, receive uh, their money back. So what the government's trying to do is they're trying to increase that population base to lower the, base. the tax per person, right? And one way of doing that is to open up your borders and let more people in, which is you know is not an idea that I'm opposed with. I mean, the money has to come from somewhere, so. Right. Um, they're just opening the taps and letting more people in and spreading that burden among a bigger number of people. Right. And like you said a minute ago, um, today's immigrants tend to be better educated and they tend to have money. Uh, they're not just showing up off the boat with, you know, $20 in a suitcase. These people have MBAs and they're highly educated and they have money. So again, so way, I mean, you know, when, when, my parents and when you know your ancestors came to Canada, they came here with very little, or or nothing. Yes, right. But they had that drive and ambition right. to build something, right? That's because right. they came here for a better life. Now imagine if they came here with something and they had the same drive and ambition. Where would they be today, right? Because you know a lot of our families, my families included, they came here to Canada. I think with like a hundred dollars in their pocket, right? Yep. God bless them, uh, eh? God bless them. That's so brave to do harder. that. And you know what? My parents, you know, are mortgage-free. They, they, you know, yeah. live in Oakville. They have a very comfortable lifestyle. Um, and, and you know, I, I know they made a lot of sacrifices to give me a better life. And, you know, I'm very thankful for that. But if they came to Canada with something, like we're seeing the current generation coming to Canada with their pockets full of money, 
right? right. With properties overseas, you right. know, with, with education. I mean, they they just have that much of a head start, and and they still have the same ambition to build something and to give their kids a better life. So, you know, I'm I'm very excited what the future holds in Canada, and Thank and you. what that's going to look like. And I think Canada has you know a massive massive respect on a worldwide scale and we're seeing a massive amount of money flow in here so um you know i i think the whole world recognizes you know what we have and the opportunities that are here and and like i said i think this is the best place in the world to really raise your kids and, and build a family i agree 100 ask me how i think covid kind of interplayed with our real estate so right i i think you know there are obviously tons of negative associations with COVID, but I think the one positive thing that society can take out is that whole family interaction. You know, people had a massive amount of time in 2020 to kind of reconnect with the basics of life, you know, and figure out what's important to them. You know, we're seeing more people do biking than ever before. We're seeing more people do water sports than ever before. We're seeing more people go out and enjoy the outdoors than ever before. The parks are full right? You can't find a cottage anywhere for rent because people are are going out in in a massive way and and just really enjoying the Canadian outdoors, right? People, um, you know, miss the gym, right? So we're seeing this whole back to basic reconnection with, with the outdoors and, you know, with exercising and then with people really going back out there in a big way. And, you know, it, it, it's leading to a lifestyle change on a massive level as well, right? So it, it's been really interesting to kind of see those trends take place and, and, and flourish and, and, and move forward. And, you know, I think people are reconnecting with their home on a very different level as well, right? People have spent such a massive amount of time over the last year in their home, and they're kind of rethinking about, you know, yes. how to interact with their space, and a right. lot of home renovation going on. You talk to home renovators, they've never been busier. You can't even get them these days. If you uh, talk to somebody, you want to put ceramics in your kitchen, they'll say, call me in October. They're fully booked. Yep. Tons of you know, yep. people are reimagining how they use their space. They're, they're upgrading their space. They're changing their spaces. They're spending so much time in the home that they're interacting differently with their spaces, right? They're yep. setting up home offices. They're um, you know, trying to isolate themselves from their kids a little bit in the daytime. Realizing what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And, and a lot of the times, a lot of people have been updating and upsizing and, 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 you know, moving further away from the GTA into the suburbs. I mean, we're seeing um, yeah. a massive trend and we're seeing more multiple offers the further you go away from from the city and you know prices are catching up in a big way in the outskirts the further you go like way out Catherine's, windsor yeah. uh innisfil barry aurelia i mean oshawa you know there's absolute pandemonium almost happening with uh with prices out there that is quickly to the gta that's right on uh you may know that last year i did a couple of sales in cambridge ontario and uh i thought it would be i didn't want to do it but these were mississauga clients of mine that both separately moved to cambridge and uh it was just unbelievable uh again we're talking 20 22 24 offers on each property 
it was, and the, the local agents in Cambridge were not particularly happy. They were actually blaming GTA people for, for boosting the prices up so high, but it's just one of those things. There's so many people, you got to have houses to put them in. So I think that's definitely a trend too. Yeah. People look out there to say, okay, either I can work from home in Cambridge or Innisfil or Stony Creek, uh, or uh, I'll commute if I have to. Um, and I think that's definitely a trend as well. Yeah. And, um, and the other, the other thing that people are really not talking about, but we, we really have to start talking about this is inflation. Right, man. Are you and, kidding me? Have you been to the grocery store lately? <laughs> Everything's double what it was a year ago, like literally double. Yeah. And, and people are not talking about this and we really need to have a conversation about inflation because, um, you know, what is inflation? First of all, you know, inflation is basically the fact that your dollar is worth less today than yes. it's going to be worth tomorrow, right? Yes. Prices are going up. How do you measure inflation? Well, this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So they have a basket of goods and they choose different basket, different items that they can measure how much they've increased over time, right? Whatever they're so, doing, it's not accurate. Whatever they're measuring, it's it, these statistical guys in Ottawa, they're missing the bullet because when's, I mean, you, you don't have this problem with your car, but to, I filled up my car with gas yesterday and it was like close to a hundred dollars and it used to be like $60 That's two it. years ago. Now, right. don't tell me we only have 2% inflation. It's ridiculous. Well, 2% inflation, Randy, if you filled up for $60 and we have 2% inflation, you should be paying $62 exactly. for 2% right. inflation, right. not $100. Right. So right? something is wacky here. They're not telling us the whole story. <laughs> yeah. We have a basket of goods and they put in a couple items and they measure how much those items have increased over time. The right. problem is that they put in bread, milk, eggs, flour, which is great because those are the necessities that everybody needs to buy. So those are the right. goods that need to be in the basket. Right. However, then they're going to throw in an electronic, like an iPad, right? They're very specific about what kind of an iPad is. So they put in an iPad 3. Now, we all know that over a year, that iPad 3 is going to really maintain its value in the first year. But in the second year, as soon as the iPad 4 comes out, the iPod 3 is nearly obsolete. Right. right? So what yeah. that does is, you know, the eggs, milk, butter, they increase substantially. But then the iPad <laughs> down over time. Oh, man. So the basket of goods shows that we have a 2% inflation, which we all know is, is no way. impossible the way things are. Yeah. So listen, when you look at historically, because I'm a big student of, you know, economics and investments and markets. And, you know, I, I kind of looked at, you know, what happened after the war and, and, and what happened when we had this period of massive inflation. And historically, you know, the two ways to protect yourself and safeguard your hard-earned money against inflation is mm -hmm. real estate and to buy real estate. Yeah. Those are the two ways to safeguard your money, right? And the people who have had multiple investment properties over the last 10 years, uh, I mean, you know, Canada has the most self-made millionaires through real estate. I don't know if you knew that, but we have the most self-made millionaires uh, through through real I estate. And total, I totally believe that. And another question I would put to you, which I put to someone recently, is how many people have you ever met who became multimillionaires through the stock market, through trading stocks on Bay Street or Wall Street? 
And the answer to that is either nobody or very few. It's a very difficult way to make money. But how many people do you know who become super wealthy by simply buying a house or maybe one or two or maybe a couple of investment properties? And the answer to that, I think is, I think you'll agree with me, many people, many people have become wealthy simply by buying a house and holding on to it and paying it off. Yeah. Uh, because look at house prices these days. You know, yeah. the average price is close to a million or over a million now, I think, for a detached. Yeah. That's a and, lot of money. And Randy, when you buy an investment property, you're really using leverage to your advantage, right? Because yes. you're only putting in 20% or, you know, 10% or, or even 5% down in some situations. And you're leveraging other people's money to build wealth over time. And the beautiful thing is that even if we were to have a 50% market correction, mm -hmm. as long as you buy a property that has positive over a 25-year period, if somebody else pays your mortgage for you, yep. you're still going to get about a 400% return on your investment. Amazing. Right? Which, I mean, we're not, I don't foresee a 50% correction, but even if we do, history has shown us that over a 25-year period, as long as you're investing for the long hold, you know, market tends to move in an upward direction every single Absolutely. time. You can look at the last you know, 300 years of history to, to really see yeah. what has been happening with land values, with currency, with inflation, um, and, and where our wealth is going, right? right. You, totally. look at, you look at minimum wage, you look at what's happening in the construction industry, just mentioned that people are doing renovations left and right and center. I can't imagine a skilled laborer that currently gets paid $60 an hour you know, what, if, if there's a big crash in the economy, I can't imagine him going to work for $20 an hour. It, it just, it's not going to happen. You know, wages are not coming down. No. These skilled laborers are in demand, right? There it's interesting. Interesting you mentioned that. I was just, uh, I noticed the other day, I was driving around Mississauga, and it seemed like every other block that I went, there were these huge help wanted signs, everything from uh, AZ drivers wanted to uh, forklift operators in, the, in uh, driving up Kennedy Road and going to Tim Hortons wanted, no, it's Tim Hortons, but, you know, wanted all positions, all shifts hiring now. There seems to be a real boom in hiring that's going on right now. Everywhere you look. There is. There is. And, uh, you know, people, people are, are looking for jobs and employers are, are willing to compensate people as well. And, yeah. Um, there is no shortage of work out there, especially in the skilled labor industry, right. um, if, if, if you're looking, for sure. Interesting. So where do you see us going ahead, going forward in, in real estate? Um, uh, we've done remarkably well for a number of years now. Toronto's just, it's, it's the perfect storm. And when, when I say Toronto, I mean Mississauga and the GTA in general. Uh, it's a perfect storm where I, I, I totally agree with you that we are very attractive on the world stage for a number of reasons, safety, good education, a great place to, to grow a family. Um, and there's a lot of mobility in the world now with people who have resources who are happy to move here. So we've been in that perfect storm where I think basically they're playing catch up all the time, uh, trying to, there's just not been enough housing stock to house all the people that want to move here. And I also believe that it, I don't know if we'll ever catch up with that because they need, they need, if there's 200,000 people moving here, well, those are families. So you're still going to need, I don't know, 50 or 60,000 new homes, whether they're houses or, or condos um, per year. And I don't, I don't see how they can build that many. I just don't see how it can happen. So where do you see the real estate market headed? Well, that's a question of where interest rates are going. 
right? And uh, as long as okay. you know interest rates remain low, yeah, um, and 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 money is affordable, yeah, uh, I don't see this boom stopping. I, I I see prices continuing to increase for all the reasons that we mentioned, uh, including supply, a lack of supply, right? Mm. Um, people are not listing their home. No, right? we're seeing listings way down. Listings are way down and. You know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that if you sold your home in the last 10 years, you made the biggest mistake in your life. You know what I mean? Yes. Your house has gone up in value and had you kept it, you know, yep. you made more money. Totally. And, 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 you know, sellers are reluctant to sell, yes. right? They're holding on to their biggest assets, right? Yep. They're also cognizant of the fact that they do sell. You know, it is difficult to jump in and, and to buy something without competing, without you know, sacrificing without, you know, being a stressful situation. And of course, having the right agent representing you through that process is monumentally important. It is. It's probably more important now than ever to have the right agent, right? Because, you know, people are throwing out numbers, people, you know, money doesn't have the same meaning it used to back in the day, right? So having the right professional protect you and protect your interests going through, you know, your biggest transaction in, in your lifetime is extremely important. I can't stress that enough. So uh, true. So you true. Know, you have to have your best interests at heart every step through the process. Yeah. They have to give you great advice when you're buying. You know, they have to go the extra mile and really know, work uh, with you to prep the house and make sure they get the most amount of value when you're selling. And, and, and you know, having the right professional that is part of the right organization and, and is, is, is a professional at heart and has the right team to help you through that process is more important now than ever has been in the past. And, you know, I see a lot of these discount brokerages and brands coming up in the market. And, 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 you know, why would you ever... You know, I was driving down Mississauga Road, this beautiful mega mansion with with a discount sign in the lawn. Like, if you really think about it, <laughs> what message are you sending to the to your neighbors, to your marketplace, and to every person coming through your door? I right? Agree. People people understand that if you have a discount sign in your in, in your front lawn, it's because you want to save money and commission. <laughs> they, they get it. They understand that you're cutting corners. They understand that, you know, you don't have strong representation because you don't. Anybody that has the mindset to work for a discount brokerage, um, you know, is is not probably a person you want to be represented by uh, in a multi-million dollar transaction. Right. And, and, you know, it's, you know, you're sending the wrong message, right, to the marketplace. So, um it's it's so important nowadays to you know really go through this in the right way and then have a professional uh you know really well the number the numbers are so large the numbers these days are so large i totally agree that it's it's not a casual thing to sell uh, a three million dollar house on mississauga road it's not a casual thing to do and you would you go if you went in for heart surgery would you want a rookie doing the surgery or would you want somebody who's really, really well established from a good uh, school or a good company, if you will, um, to do that heart surgery for you? It's the same with a house, if you, whether it's a $3 million house or a half million dollar condo. Uh, it's not so easy. And uh, you, you need to get the right person in there, 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and I mean, we we see it every day, Randy. Here, um, you know, we see million, uh, three million dollar homes listed, selling, you know, ten percent above asking. We see condos selling with seventeen offers coming in, and and the sellers doing extremely well. And that's a reflection of our realtors going the extra mile. Yeah. Making sure that the property is staged, making sure that the property is decluttered, making sure that we have the best of the best when it so comes true. to pictures and the virtual tour and making sure that we go the extra mile and we really safeguard and protect the seller's best interest every step of the way. Right. And I think, from, that, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I just wanted to add that, you know, over the last 35 years, we've just become exceptional at it. I think the public also has higher expectations these days, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, when I started in the uh, business back in the Jurassic era, when I first started in real estate, um, it was I took my own photos. I would just take my camera, not a smartphone because there were no smartphones, and I would just take photos of the house and get the film developed. This is how old I am. And uh, that was acceptable. You know, you'd upload those photos to Trev and, and that was all. Nowadays, are you kidding? If you see somebody with unprofessional photos that t- took them themselves, you see a listing like that, you're going to, you're saying, what is going on here? You know, you got to get professional photos. You have to have a tour. Staging is becoming more and more an important thing, unless the house is spectacular to begin with. Uh, you see a vacant house and it's not staged. You say, well, the agent's pretty cheap or somebody's cutting corners. Uh, so I think those expectations are a lot higher now. I hope they don't get too high. A lot of people watch these shows like HGTV, and they, uh, the, from a buyer's perspective, they expect perfection. You know, they want they want them, they want that movie star lifestyle on their first starter home. Uh, it's not always attainable, but I think it's a good thing for the industry in general that we've we've had to up the bar, raise the bar, and give more value to our Ready, let's, let's be honest with ourselves if a buyer expects perfection they're also <laughs> going to pay for it right so, <laughs> that's uh, right that's right sometimes sometimes it's it's actually better to buy the less perfect house in a better neighborhood yes lo- focus on location 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 compromise on the interior fitting and compromise on some of the things that you can change over time but don't compromise on the fundamentals right nowadays you know, I see some of the buyers that don't have the best representation. You know, they go for the shiny interior, right? right? And they compromise on the location. And, um, you know, I think those people are going to be in trouble if the market shifts and moves and, and, and they don't pay attention to yeah. the fun fundamentals. So, so, again, representation is very important. So some fundamentals are still in place, I agree, too, that a location is still the number one consideration. Number one. You can have a little cottage, but if it's right on the lake, uh, that's a great investment. Uh, or you can buy the biggest mansion on a street that's not in the greatest neighborhood. Maybe not the best idea. You know, interesting. Uh, so many changes in the industry. Technology sure has changed. Um, I know we, we couldn't have done this even five years ago, I don't think. But it's great to be able to do so. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's buyers transacting from all over the world, you know, uh, virtual open houses and 3D tours and um, the way we communicate with buyers in real time. And, um, you know, there's probably more pressure now on our time than ever uh, before. But, 
you know, we're also more connected than we ever were before with, with our clients, right? Our clients text and call and, That's and true. call us. And, you know, I know we have agents in our office that, you know, will go and send a video of the house to the client before the client actually comes out and, and, and takes a look. And that's, you know, that's going there. the extra mile for sure. Yeah, but it's there to also protect the buyer and the seller. You know, the buyer doesn't have to come into uh, a property and expose themselves to a uh, risk COVID situation. They can, you know, right. take a look at the virtual tour. They can take a look at the video that the agent makes. You know, that just saves them from, from a trip. And if the house does pass their criteria and they want to book an appointment and go see in person, you know, they can see the three top picks and spend more time on the topics than waste their time and see other properties that are not of interest to them, right? So, you know, there there are efficiencies uh, that we have experienced in the last uh, year or so, and then we keep fine-tuning them and we keep bettering them and, you know, we, we keep raising the bar for our clients. And it, it, it's an exciting industry to be a part of. Absolutely. So if you were talking to a, let's start with a seller. If you're talking to a seller today and they're considering uh, maybe selling their house uh, between now and the end of the year. What advice would you give them? Would you advise them to go ahead and do it or should they wait a while or what, what's something just in a general sense uh, that you would tell them for a seller? It's a great question, but it's also a difficult one because every situation <laughs> is so different, right? The first thing, you know, I encourage our realtors to do to, is to really get to know their client, all right? Uh, and you can't give them good advice until you know what their lifestyle is like, where do they work? You know, what are their future plans with work? You know, um, what is their um, retirement strategy? You know, where in the life cycle are they, right? Because these are all really important considerations. That's right. Okay, so if you're talking to a buyer today, let's say they're a first-time buyer, and, um, and they say to you, well, you know, things are pretty expensive, but the market seems to have slowed a bit. There doesn't seem to be quite as many bidding wars right now, which is a good thing from a buyer's point of view. Would you tell them jump in there, get it, or would you advise them to hold off, to wait to see what happens with COVID? What would be your advice to a first-time buyer who has the down payment? They're they're ready to buy something. Should they wait, or should they go ahead and and get in the market? No, they definitely have to get in the market, but they have to pay attention to the fundamentals, right? So okay. location, location, location. Um, you know, as close to core as as possible, right? And of course, they have to be be comfortable. So. Um, look at, you know, cohabitation, basement apartments, something to help them pay their mortgage, something to make, you know, the burden less painful. But I also teach, um, you know, buyers to, you know, really take a small step approach. So don't try to jump into that detached house that, you know, you you want as your final product, you know, give yourself time, you know, buy something a little bit smaller, like a smaller condo or a condo townhouse and, and work your way up. Leave room for appreciation. Make sure that, you know, you can add value by doing small projects like painting or changing the countertop or updating the, the bathrooms or finishing the basement. Build in equity and then, you know, let's put a plan together of how we can get you into that detached house where you really want to be over a period of time. Excellent. Good advice. Absolutely. So is there anything else? Would you like to add any other stuff you'd like to talk about today? This has been great. This has been a wonderful conversation. Anything in particular? Well, you know, as an investor, as somebody that is heavily uh, invested in the real estate industry, I just really want to say I'm really proud of 
what our industry has uh, been able to accomplish in the last year and a half. I think Canadians have sent a really strong message of how important real estate is to them on a very fundamental level. And, and I think that moving forward, um, it's going to play an absolute crucial role in everybody's um, finances and, and financial wealth on a going forward basis. And I would encourage everybody out there listening to really uh, jump in, uh, buy, invest, and, and, and really, you know, take the risk and invest in, in Canadian real estate. Because um, in my opinion, looking at the fundamentals, looking at the basics, you know, something as simple as uh, clean air and clean water that many of us take for granted on mm-hmm. every basis, yeah. um, you know, that's not going away. And, and that's going to be even more in demand moving forward, right? Um, I, I can't stress that enough. And, and, and our real estate is going to continue to appreciate and value on a worldwide scale because of everything that we talked about today. Words of wisdom. Absolutely. So David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope we get to do this again sometime, anytime. It's fun talking to you, man. And uh, oh, no it's my pleasure, Andy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're part of Sutton Summit Realty. I'm thrilled that, you know, we glad can, to be there. Uh, your business grow and, uh, we, we can support you in all your efforts. And um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And thank you very much for having me on today. I, I hope you, you guys enjoyed my prospect and, and uh, my perspective on, on the real estate market. And if anybody has any questions or would like to uh, explore a career in real estate, you know, we, we have an amazing uh, training for realtors at our brokerage. We actually pride ourselves on training a lot of new realtors in the industry and really helping them succeed. And a lot of that is based on the culture that we have and everybody kind of jumping in and helping uh, everybody get to uh, a higher level of success. So uh, I would encourage you to come talk to me, come talk to Randy. I know Randy, you're also mentoring and you were a realtor as well, which is, you know, part of our, you know, our, our, our new fa- member of the team, new member of the team, new member of the team. And that's been great to kind of see you taking something under your wing and, and going no to that process. And I think you're really enjoying the experience uh, as well. Yes, I am. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, both of you guys um, get to higher level of success as well. Well, thanks again, my friend. And um, I hope we'd get to do this again soon. So awesome. have a have a great day. Thanks for coming on board. It's Thanks everybody. Buy real estate. Okay. Buy and hold. Buy today. <laughs> and call ready for our real estate needs. <laughs> okay, David. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks.